Listen, those are the drums of liberty. Millions around the world are asking, do the big tech giants have too much power nowadays? Should they be broken up? Stay tuned listening for that answer. Welcome to the Theory to Action podcast, where we examine the timeless treasures of wisdom from the great books in less time to help you take action immediately and ultimately to create and lead a flourishing life. Now, here's your host, David Kaiser. Hello, I am David, and welcome back to the Liberty Minute. You know, for the last 10 years, the big tech giants of Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, and Google have greatly increased their power with no bounds. And they want to transform the country to their view of how the country should work. Now, are they elected representatives or do they just have too much power as so-called business monopolies? They look, let's look into this with Senator Josh Hawley and his latest book, The Tyranny of Big Tech. And as always, let's go to the book for the opening pull quote. Quote, Big Tech wants to transform America. That's clear. It wants to remake our society in its image. But in this regard, Big Tech is no different from the earlier oligarchs who made its rise possible. Up until a century ago, most Americans regarded monopoly and corporate concentration with profound distrust, and rightly so. The founders associated with aristocracy, and they believed aristocracy was a death sentence for republics. Accordingly, they strictly limited corporate power, banned monopolies in all but the rarest of cases and work to establish an economy of independent producers where the common person, the common laborer would have political influence and sway. In fact, earlier Americans believed the Republic depended on the strength of the working man and woman. These were the most virtuous of citizens. Thomas Jefferson said, The early Americans celebrated labor and the dignity of ordinary life, hearth and home, work and family. They believed the Republic was meant to protect that life and the people who lived it. And for that, the common person needed to have a share in self-government. That's what liberty was. End of quote. And Senator Hawley goes on, and this is where the book gets... I think it has its most profound points. He starts connecting dots. So let's pick up the book and listen for those dots from the robber barons of the Gilded Age and corporate liberalism to now big tech. Going back to the book, that changed or began to a century ago when a group of corporate barons argued that monopoly wasn't such a bad thing after all. They contended that economic concentration was inevitable, even necessary for progress. They characterized the economy of independent producers the founding generation had known and labored to uphold as outmoded. They advocated instead a new hierarchy in America, 
with the capitalist and their professional manager class at the top and mere labor down below. And as for liberty, they argued it had little to do with the common man's share in self-government. Now listen to this. Liberty was the private space government and the professional class agreed to leave you in the country they now ran. What corruption. Holly continues, the corporate barons of the Gilded Age succeeded in bringing their vision, their corporate liberalism to America. Big tech is their natural successor. Hear that connected of the dots? Like the barons of the Gilded Age, today's tech oligarchs wield immense power thanks to the combination of government aid and monopoly. Like the barons, they are utterly convinced of their own righteousness, their own right to govern America. Our republic had never been more hierarchical, more riven by class, more managed by an elite than it is today. Nice statement, Senator Hall, exactly right. Continuing on, that is corporate liberalism's legacy, but it need not be our future. This book is an exercise in alternative possibilities and attempt to recover a different way of thinking about society and politics. It is an attempt, most fundamental, to recover the meaning of the common man's republic, and it's not too late to make it real again. Now, many people object and say, what is the big deal? Um, you know, these social media companies are here to stay. This is the way we go. Um, this is our normal culture now. So what is the big deal? Well, let's just consider. Let's take a look around. Let's take a gander. Let's take a sampling of all the different big tech companies and their power. Going back to the book. Facebook, of all adults in America who use social media, 99% use Facebook. That's nearly 70% of all adults in the country. And that's just the main Facebook platform. Facebook also owns Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook Messenger, creating a user base so big the company can and has single-handedly reshaped the flow of information in the United States. News operations now optimize their stories for distribution on Facebook, and go out of business when they don't, or even when Facebook, on a whim, changes its algorithm to de-emphasize their content. Politicians spend outrageous sums of money trying to find voters there, more than on television or radio or any other platform. Let's continue. Google is equally, if not more, powerful. Nine out of ten searches on the Internet in America are performed by Google Search. When you consider how many Americans now use Google to get their basic information on everything from the weather to sports to current events, Google's ability to direct the content we consume is unprecedented. Google's browser Chrome holds 68% of the global desktop market share and 63% of the market for mobile browsing. Its phone Android represents 85% of smartphone market share worldwide. Even Google Maps is huge controlling 67% of the smartphone map market. More than any other company, Google knows exactly where you are, what you are doing, and with whom. And more than any other entity, it has the ability to shape Americans' first impressions on any subject. Let's keep moving. Twitter is now a social media power in its own right. 
boasting hundreds of millions of users and particularly the ability to shape breaking news and journalistic opinion. How about a fourth? There's Amazon. By 2020, the company boasted 126 million subscribers to its Amazon Prime subscription service, amounting to more than one-third of the nation. That same year, Amazon also controlled at least 40% of all online sales in America, giving it power over retail and commerce undreamt of by other earlier American sales giants to say nothing of the local retail stores it is in the process of destroying. And then let's go to Apple. Its iPhone empire and the Apple App Store attached to it gave the tech giant a share of approximately $500 billion in animal and annual app commerce, along with the ability to influence the design, marketing, and operation of every app offered up for sale on its iPhone. And, and what were the tech giants doing with all that influence, all that power? Reducing Americans to supplicants in their own country? Tech robs citizens of personal privacy with relentless surveillance and behavioral manipulation. Tech takes citizens' control over their property and their personal data. Then there is tech's war on our social and mental health. And an accumulating trots of research shows that Americans, especially teenagers who spend more time online, are less happy, less socially engaged, and more vulnerable to addiction and suicide than those who do not. Big tech's addiction, big business model, is poisoning Americans' emotional and psychological well-being. So if you think about the robber barons of the Gilded Age First person I think about is John D. Rockefeller, the owner of Standard Oil Company. Um, I think at one point he uh, or his company had controlled somewhere close to 90% of all available oil in the United States. Certainly a ton of power. Uh, his company grew vertically, horizontally. Um, and then eventually the Sherman Antitrust Act uh, finally... Um, along with some good, hard-hitting journalist, um, you know, writing a lot of articles about the Standard Oil Company and its monopolistic practices. Finally, in 1911, the Supreme Court found the company was in violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act and ordered its breakup. But outside of that, the Sherman Antitrust Act really did not do anything else to any of the other robber barons. Andrew Carnegie, uh, J.P. Morgan... Uh, Cornelius Vanderbilt, um, and then the, the real scoundrels, Jay Gould and James Fisk, both those guys were just absolutely, um, they, they were the worst of the worst. Um, so when you think about these robber barons, uh, I think Senator Hawley's right. They, we really did not ever combat this monopolistic tendency that started in our gilded age and had continue on. It's continued on since to, to, to today, and now we're struggling with big tech and Google, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, Apple. And we haven't even talked about the um, what these platforms have done in terms of controlling news and then controlling political opinion. So let's go back to the book to talk about that. 
Quote, the tech platforms are destroying Americans' control over their lives in other ways by manipulating what news Americans can see and influencing the political decisions they make. By 2019, this is horrific, Facebook was boasting it could change election outcomes. Facebook's vice president of augmented and virtual reality, Andrew Bosworth, Boz, they call him at headquarters, claimed Facebook effectively made Donald Trump president in 2016. Quote, so was Facebook responsible for Donald Trump getting elected? Boz asked his fellow Facebookers in a company-wide post in 2019. I think the answer is yes, he worried aloud that Trump could win again in 2020. And thanks again to Facebook. It is, quote, tempting, he wrote, to use the tools available to us to change the outcome. That outcome being a democratic election. In the days leading up to the 2020 presidential vote, Facebook and Twitter seemed determined to try. Both platforms censored the distribution of a New York Post report detailing illicit foreign profits by Joe Biden's son, Hunter, and alleging Joe Biden's potential involvement. The platform suppressed that story until after the election was over. The Facebook platform was like the ring of power from Tolkien's books. Andrew Bosworth had told his colleagues it could rule them all and rule the voters in this case. Senator Hawley concludes, research backs him up, backs Bosworth up. A psychologist, Robert Epstein, testified to Congress in June 2019 that based on his analysis, quote, if these companies all support the same candidate and that's likely, needless to say, they will be able to shift upwards of 15 million votes to that candidate with no one knowing and without leaving a paper trail, end of quote. Folks, that's scary. That doesn't sound like a republic at all if 15 million votes can be easily manipulated. And for argument's sake, perhaps 15 million votes were not suppressed. Let's cut it in half and make an argument that big tech was, you know, they're, they, they're overhyping themselves. So if we cut it in half, seven and a half million votes, should we be comfortable with 77.5 million votes? being allowed to be suppressed or manipulated by our new corporate dictators on what information we can see or not see? I don't think so. Big tech needs broken up. Power needs to return to the people where they can access all the information they want and is not filtered away from them. You know, one of the largest book publishers in the country tried to cancel this book that we're covering today. That's, that's shameful. Let's go back to the book to hear their reason. Quote, the book publisher tried to cancel this book, citing my role in the events of January sin. My sin? Question mark. Not encouraging the riot. As the publisher certainly knew, I fiercely condemned the violence and the thugs who perpetrated it, just as I condemned all civil violence and rioting during the months of unrest that unfolded across the country in 2020. No, my sin was to raise an objection to one state during the electoral college certification process, thereby triggering a con congressional debate, precisely as permitted by the law 
and precisely as Democratic members of Congress have done in the electoral counts of 2001, 2005, 2017. I was in fact waiting to participate in that debate on the Senate floor when the riot halted our work and forced the Senate temporarily to disband. For this, I was branded a seditionist and worse. But like many others attacked by the corporate, the corporations and the left, my real crime was to have challenged the reign of the woke capitalist. End of quote. But this book does not end with uh, a lot of negativity. The last two chapters, what each of us can do and a new politics. Both of these chapters are excellent. I'm going to grab one quote from the uh, from chapter 10 quote the battle to end the tyranny of big tech is ultimately a battle to break the hold of corporate liberalism it can be done we can do it we the people we can do it by taking personal action in our homes and with our families by making the real social world the life of family and neighborhood and civic association a powerful counterweight to big tech's ambition to hook us on its platforms and control our lives. And we can do it by making different political choices, by revitalizing antitrust legislation, ending the corporate giveaways, protecting our fundamental constitutional right to free speech, and revising our overall economic and social policy to put working people first. End of quote. Right on, right on. Absolutely agree, Senator Hawley. And and some other things that just came to mind is we need to read good books. That's half the reason why we started this uh, podcast and why we have the membership, uh, the Academy Review membership program, is to get the information into your hands um, so that you can become more rooted and you can become better informed. And you can, what we always say, live that flourishing life. So with that said, um, be sure to check out our very affordable Academy Review Membership Program. Where you will get two books reviewed for you each and every month. Each book is 25 to 45 minutes. Um, plus, like I mentioned before, um, this month you're going to get the Atlas book, the Scott Atlas book, Plague Upon Our House that we covered in the last Liberty Minute as a bonus this month. And what else do you get? You're going to get the top ideas from our books. You're going to get great practical quick steps so you can put these theories into action. You're going to get the top ideas and top solutions from these great books so that you're feeling that you're functioning at the top of your game. And like I always say, most of us barely read four books a year. So just in a matter of a couple months, you will have passed that four book mark and you'll continue on. You can keep getting two books a month at a spectacular rate. Come join us now at the teammojoacademy.com. Click on the member button and you will be subscribed. And you will get six total books so far that are loaded up right now. You can listen to them all in one day if you want. So join us today. We'd love to see you. Let's continue on with this um, this positive Ending to Josh's book, The Tyranny of Big Tech, to give us some hope. I love the fact that Josh closes with faith and family at the end. So let's go back for final two quotes. 
Just as important as eliminating big tech's distractions is cultivating a counter rhythm of family togetherness. In our home, family dinners are a touchstone of our life together. I make every effort to be home at dinner time with my family so we can sit down together with no phones. In fact, earlier in the uh, earlier in the book, he gave his kids the right. He put in a, a rule that nobody could have their phones at the dinner table. And so he forgot a couple nights in a row and uh, his his kids absolutely called him to task. They were like, Dad, get the phone off the get the phone off the dinner table. He said I was humbled, but uh, certainly had to. They called me out. So kids are wonderful at that. So let's go back to the book. I make every effort to be home at dinner time with the family so we can sit down together with no phones. There is no substitute for this unhurried face-to-face time of sharing, laughing, and relating. And with two small boys and a new baby, I can assure you that dinner times in our house are wild and adventurous affairs. Other families prioritize breakfast in this way before kids and parents disperse. But whether it's breakfast or dinner or some other touch point during the day, rituals of family togetherness are an effective counterweight to the isolating and atomizing influence of big tech. And then one final quote, and of course, no community is more important in this regard than the community of faith, because our churches and synagogues and houses of worship offer a life of meaning and purpose that stands utterly opposed to the arbitrary, angry, and exploitive world of big tech. The faith I know best is my own, the Christian faith, with its pattern of worship, confession, repentance, and reconciliation for the faithful. This pattern is embodied in the church's liturgy, communal gatherings, and holidays that organize the Christian understanding of the seasons and the progress of the year. For many Jews, the Sabbath performs a similar role, challenging the priorities of a always online age and reorienting reorienting the community of faith toward a different pattern of life and their emphasis on the divine importance of every person. Communities of faith are a powerful counterforce to elitist corporate liberalism and shallow social media. End of quote. So in today's Liberty Minute, I would highly encourage you to read this book, The Tyranny of Big Tech by Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri. Social media can certainly have some positive effects on our society, but for the last 10 years, I think big tech is absolutely, without regard, has way, way too much power. Senator Hawley provides some great ideas in this book for reining in these big tech companies engaging in this type of tyranny. So let us fight for liberty for all peoples, especially the liberty to say what we want, and especially the liberty to say political speech. After all, that's what this country was founded on, that Bill of Rights. The Constitution would have never been ratified by the colonies without that Bill of Rights that came after the convention, Constitutional Convention was over. So let liberty win again and let us defeat the tyranny of big tech and break up their monopolies. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this Theory to Action podcast. Be sure to check out our show page at teammojoacademy.com 
where we have everything we discussed in this podcast as well as other great resources. Until next time, keep getting your mojo on. Are you a voracious reader who yearns for a deeper understanding of your favorite books? Or perhaps you're a busy professional seeking to enrich your knowledge, but short on time. The Mojo Academy 2.0 is your perfect solution. Our revamped service now includes beautifully designed monthly written reviews and PDF format to accompany our popular audio reviews. These aren't just summaries. These are comprehensive and insightful explorations of each book packed with the actual quotes from the book to enhance your understanding. With usually six to nine pages per review, they are perfect reference tools to take your learning to the next level. Get your free Mojo Academy review in written format at teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes for that free link. Again, teammojoacademy.com or click on today's show notes and you will see the link for the free written review. Get yours today.